Hey, Slingers, thanks for tuning in to another week of the Word Slinger podcast. They tell you to write what you know, but there's a whole lot around you you may not realize is there. So we're going to explore that and more in today's episode of the Word Slinger podcast. Stick around. It's the Word Slinger Podcast, where story matters. Build your brand, write your book, redefine who you are. It's all about the story here. What's yours? Now, here's the guy who invented pants optional, Kevin Tomlinson, the Word Slinger. Word Slinger. I am Kevin Tomlinson. Slinger, thanks for tuning in for another week of the Word Slinger podcast. Um, I'm glad you're here. Now, I'm talking to Joe Start. He does something really kind of cool. He does these like uh, audio tours of well cemeteries and other things. Um, and I think you're gonna kind of dig what he's uh, pulled together here. Uh, we're we're talking about his book, The Chair King, so uh, or The Chair Father. I'm sorry, Joe, uh, The Chair Father, <laughs> and uh, you're gonna want to hear that and check that book out. Uh, but in addition to that, um, I, I kind of love what he's doing with this whole uh, audio tour thing. It's something I think I might explore myself. Uh, but I'm really intrigued by the idea of looking for the stories around you. So uh, we're going to get into that and more after the interview. So stick around for that and uh, enjoy this interview with Joe Start. See you on the other side. Hey, everybody. Uh, thanks for tuning in. Okay, so I'm chatting with Joe Start, and I did not clear this with him uh, to begin with, which is part <laughs> of my normal housekeeping, Joe. I'm sorry. Uh, I normally ask you, I want to introduce you as the author of Chair, The Chair Father. Is that how I would introduce you? <laughs> uh, sure, sure. It's, it's uh, my, my second book that I just uh, uh, released and quite different from the first book. So, so yes, um, I'm the author of The Chair title. Father. Where's the, where does that title come from, The Chair Father? Well, the, the chair father uh, is kind of a play on uh, words uh, for um, the Père Lachaise Cemetery uh, here in Paris, uh, which is actually the most uh, visited uh, cemetery in the world. Uh, and it's, uh, uh, it's kind of the theme of, uh, of the book, as well as uh, some tours that uh, go along with it. Anyways, it just translates literally to um, the chair father. If you're literally translating it from French to English, uh, Père Lachaise is uh, the chair father. That's interesting. Oh, but what is that? Where does that come from? <laughs> is there, what's the context of that? Uh, the, the context is uh, I wanted to um, have something which would be a bit uh, funny and uh, kind of uh, play on um, the the theme that I'm uh, you know going through um, that that I'll I'll, I'll tell you about uh, and uh, that seemed to work uh, you know really well especially because you know when whenever you have uh, a title like that people automatically think of like the Godfather or or something serious or, yeah, or something you know um, something kind of like, like uh, ooh gosh uh, I wonder what's 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 going to go on and and then they pick up the book and they just see that it's uh, just goofiness. Yeah. Uh, so it's comedy. What, what, yeah. What's the, what's the sort of general idea behind the book? Uh, well, uh, to take you back to like the genus of, of the whole thing, um, it all comes from my mom, you know, like, uh, like a lot of, uh, you know, things in, in life, uh, you know, your parents uh, either do funny things or say funny things or have a funny reaction to what you do. And then uh, you, you sort of um, riff on that. So yeah. my mom uh, lives in uh, LA and she's obsessed by celebrities. And uh, so she'll call me, you know, randomly um, at, at all hours, of course, you know, she still hasn't got this, so this whole time uh, thing uh, figured out because yeah, she's in LA, I'm in Paris, you know, nine yeah. hours uh, uh, behind her. 
And so, you know, sometimes 1 a.m., 2 a.m. phone calls. Joe, guess, guess who died? What, what? I'm thinking like somebody in the family, somebody like, you know, a neighbor, a, a, a former classmate or something like that. And then she'll say, Lucille Ball. And it's like, <laughs> what? Okay, I guess well, she was pretty old and, you know, she probably had to go at, at some time. Right. And then, you know, I'll just say what, whatever and I'll just, uh, you know, pass it along until the next one. Joe, Charles Nelson Riley. I said, what, like, like that, that guy from the match game or, or, or something like that? It's like, you know, I'm, I'm trying to even remember sometimes uh, where these uh, celebrities have come from. And so she would just constantly do this and it became like a thing. And she thought because I laughed, you know, sometimes that, uh, that I really enjoyed it. It was, it was like really annoying <laughs> to have uh, yeah. these, these phone calls and such. And yeah. so um, I kept thinking, gosh, how can I get back at her, you know, back at her for all of these, uh, you know, annoying uh, phone calls. And so uh, at the time, I worked uh, very close to the Père Lachaise Cemetery. And I said, I know what I'll do. I'll go by the Père Lachaise Cemetery, and I'll have uh, selfies. I'll take pictures of myself having lunch with dead celebrities. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, here's me with a sandwich and a Marcel Proust. Uh, yeah. Here's me with, uh, you know, uh, with, a, with a donut and, uh, you know, Edith Piaf uh, and, and just go, going around uh, to them. And I put all this inside um, uh, a photo album uh, for, for my mom. Uh, and then uh, after I, I did that, uh, well, I, it, it did a couple things. Well, first of all, it didn't stop my mom. Right. You know, she still calls and tells me about uh, the, uh, the, the celebrities that, uh, that, that, that pass away. But the, um, uh, the other thing that did, it kind of like, um, you know, sparked an idea in my head. Maybe this could be turned into uh, a book, you know, for, uh, for some people that are interested in the lives of these celebrities or they're interested in um, the, uh, the, you know, the background of, of their lives and, and, and such like that. And so I decided to, to put those into a book. But in, inside the, the photo book, it would just be like me, the bumbling sort of uh, um, interviewer. Um, having a, a, a lunch and an interview uh, with uh, these these different uh, stars and making sort of you know um, you know rash uh, offhand comments uh, about uh, their life and why did they do this and why did they do that and you know and so half of the joke is on them half of the joke is on me or sometimes it's it's, it's a little bit of a tribute uh, to the to the person um, in in these uh, um, in these interviews. Uh, so the, the entire book, well, I can sh show you a, a little bit about it. So the, the, the book is, is like this. It's, um, it's all black and it's sort of very uh, artsy, you know, where you got uh, like a picture of the, of the tomb and, and then the, uh, the text on, on each page. So yeah. you might think you might pick it up and say, oh, this is like an art book or something like that. And then you uh, read it uh, for a little bit and you realize it's more fartsy than artsy. Yeah, yeah. It's uh... I don't know if this is the right vibe or not, but the vibe I'm getting is sort of Stephen Fry's like world tour yeah. kind of thing. So that's kind <laughs> exactly. of the idea. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that or, I mean, you know, Monty Python or d different things where they're just like, you know, um, making fun of things. And it's, it's just hopefully at the limit of uh, inappropriate without uh, stepping over the line. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a fuzzy line now, man. <laughs> it is. <laughs> it is. I, and I, I, I tend to, uh, to walk that line. And, and some things, I mean, I don't know. Have you ever been in a situation where you just like you you just cannot laugh, you know? But but you yeah. do because you just find the situation so so funny. Yeah, um, yeah. It's hopefully one of those kinds of uh, you know books where somebody might pick it up and and uh, you know get get a good uh, laugh out of it, especially yeah. if they have a little bit uh, of background about um, uh, the people uh, there. I do find it interesting that uh, you're you're focusing a lot on like that cemetery is a is a good example of this. I mean, is it, there's a 
we have a tendency to not want to be irreverent around cemeteries. So the fact that you're bringing humor into that scenario is, is, I think it's that uncomfortable laughter at first. <laughs> right. When I first mention it to people, they go, are you sure you want to do that? Yeah. 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 I, th- I think, I think, I think it'll be funny. Oh yeah. yeah. And then like, sometimes there's your, your picture in it and, and stuff. And it's like, why not? You know, I mean, uh, I, I've seen worse. I've definitely oh, seen yeah, worse definitely. On, yeah, yeah. on the internet or, or, or different things. And those worst things make me laugh. So, you know, hopefully <laughs> without yeah. going quite uh, over the edge, but, uh, but, right up to it uh, you know it can um it can amuse some some folks yeah i mean do you worry about um coming off as disrespectful in any way uh i, d- I do worry about it in fact some of the uh things that uh, that i wanted to say i mean when i showed it to around uh, to uh, to people as kind of like the um um the, you know, the crew that might uh um, you know, do the reviews before uh, the book is, uh, is released. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, I kind of toned it down for, um, you know, for some of them. Uh, but I think that I, I didn't want to tone it down if it was less funny, you know? I mean, sometimes that uh, feedback uh, would be good for me to sort of see, you know what, you got to work on this a little bit more. Yeah, you maybe got something which, which is funny, but, it, but it's, not, it's not like a zinger. It's not like immediate uh, kind of punchline. So, so work on it a little bit more and see, see if you can get it uh, a little bit uh, tighter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, okay, I, I have to throw this in before too much time slips by because um, one of the first trips that we ever, because you're, I, I don't think I announced this to, at the beginning of the episode. Yeah. You're in Paris uh, mm-hmm. and, you know, Americans have a love affair with Paris all around uh, anyway. Yeah. Uh, one of the first trips that my wife and I took to Paris um, is probably the second or third time we went, but the, it was early on and it was, uh, we, we got on the plane and I, I forget the celebrity who had died. Um, <laughs> just before we got on the plane. Oh, wait, was it Diana or something? No, 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 no. it gets, yeah. it gets better. Uh, but we, <laughs> we land in Paris after hours and hours on the plane. And when we get off, we learn that Michael Jackson died. Oh yeah. Okay. There. Right. And so for the, you know, we spent, you know, nearly two weeks in, in Paris and uh, everywhere we went was a celebration of Michael Jackson. So yeah. um, you, this, 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 that pops in my head because, you know, that would have been a great, um, that would have been a great segment for your book. I think too bad. We didn't know each other back then. <laughs> no, no, but, but feel free to, to riff on that if, uh, if you want to. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. So um, now these are, are you uh, self-publishing or you have a traditional publisher? I self-published. In fact, okay. I, I was almost uh, sure uh, to go the self-publishing route uh, from the start. I mean, your podcast and, and others' uh, podcasts uh, t- tend to um, um, encourage me towards that route. Yeah. Um, uh, I, so I, I was, I was going to go full on just to, into self-publishing. And then I have a friend who is actually uh, traditionally published. Uh, he's a travel writer and he writes uh, travel guides and such. And he said, you know what, you'd be foolish to not just, uh, you know, give it a, give it a try and just like send it out, you know, to, right. to a number of, um, of agents and, and see uh, what kind of, uh, you know, pickup that, uh, that you get. Uh, right. So I wasted, you know, several weeks, if, if not a month, uh, you know, searching for the specific um, agents in, in my genre, um, you know, finding who represented um, authors uh, that are, um, you know, sort of like uh, people, maybe like, uh, like Bill Bryson, yeah. um, um, Marina Luica, um, uh, who's that guy, uh, Hessler, I think that wrote, uh, um, uh, country driving, uh, about uh, him in, in China. Anyways, a, a number of those. Um, and, um, I 
you know, I kind of knew uh, ahead of time that uh, I, I probably wasn't going to be successful in, in that, but I can, I did that anyways, just to, you know, uh, essentially say, say that I did it. And um, what, what I get from feedback from people is that if you're a, if you're a new author, unless uh, you have like, you know, 15,000 followers um, or uh, perhaps you've, you know, sold a, a you know, a thousand, 2000 copies, um, then then they maybe take an interest in you, but uh, I, I had uh, neither um, going in uh, for for my first book. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm not sure what, what your perspective is, but uh, but that that's that's kind of my feeling that uh, you're unless you can maybe use that to make a name of yourself if you want to eventually uh, convert. Mm -hmm. But uh, I hear a lot of people just uh, they just never convert. You know, they uh, they're doing so well. well that's to me. Yeah. That yeah. that to me seems to be it's kind of an irony. Um, that a lot of a lot of authors, particularly nonfiction authors, start self-publishing in order to yeah. build a platform, as we as we call it, right? They're building yeah. their audience, they're building their reach, and um, and then when they get that platform to a level that's that gets the attention of agents and publishers, uh, they're usually making so much money off of it that they would actually start losing money if they, uh, right. if they went traditional. <laughs> so. <laughs> That's the great irony is we spend all that time, effort and energy building up our platform to, yeah. uh, to attract that traditional audience. And then suddenly we don't need them anymore. <laughs> yeah. And uh, that, that, that is uh, really the, the good route. And there's, there's just a ton of uh, great information out there. And so I, you know, thank you as well for, uh, um, for your podcast, uh, which is a great resource uh, for uh, our independent authors. No, man, I appreciate that. That's, that, that's what it's built to be. So I'm glad, glad to hear that's working. <laughs> Yeah. All right. Uh, so you, um, how are you doing with the, with these? I mean, doing all right. Uh, the chair father just, uh, came out, uh, which, uh, coincided as well with, uh, with me taking, uh, you know, another day job, uh, which, uh, uh, has been taking up, uh, most of my time. Um, and, uh, with, with the first book, um, uh, French license, um, uh, I did, uh, you know, okay with that. I had my best month, uh, two months ago where I sold a uh, hundred copies. Uh, through either different platforms or events, and mm -hmm. it, it's it's like uh, events uh, have been uh, very um, very good uh, for me. Either you know with uh, uh, with bookstores or with associations or um, uh, other um, uh, events where I, where I would do like a speaking and then you know selling the titles um, uh, face to face. That 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 tends to do uh, well for me. Although it's 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 a lot of work. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. So uh, you brought up your other book and we're kind of, I was edging towards talking about how you're marketing and that sort of thing. I think that's a good segue into okay. uh, what you've, what you brought to me, which was the idea of you're doing um, uh, book and audio tours. And I, I, mm -hmm. I wanted to get some clarification on what you meant, first of all, by book and audio tours. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Uh, well, at, at the time uh, that I had my first book out and I was uh, preparing uh, my second book of The Chair Father, um, I was approached uh, by um, Gary uh, from uh, VoiceMap and said, hey, you know, um, you seem like a, you're an, um, an author that knows a lot about uh, Paris. Uh, maybe uh, you might be interested in doing a, an audio tour uh, of uh, Paris. And mm -hmm. uh, I was kind of like, OK, well, that's that's interesting. That's that's a new medium uh, for me. I've always uh, liked, uh, you know, uh, audio and, and voice, and uh, you know, to doing a little mixing. Probably not to, to your level with uh, with the equipment and uh, and the know-how uh, of you, but I, but I, it's something I like to futz around uh, with. Uh, yeah. So um, I, I was intrigued by the idea, and then that seemed to coincide uh, directly in with uh, the the Chairfather uh, book uh, because. Mm -hmm. 
um, while I was going around the Père Lachaise Cemetery, um, I noticed not just, you know, hey, this is, this is kind of a funny idea, you know, to, uh, uh, to go around and have, uh, you know, pictures taken with, uh, with the celebrities and imagine the interview uh, that I would have with the celebrity, but also, where the heck are these tombs? You know? Right, yeah it's, yeah. it's really, really hard. Uh, to find uh, the tombs, it's like some of them, like Jim Morrison. Unless you unless right. you have a crowd there, you, you're just not going to find it uh, by yourself. Um, the maps and the apps uh, just don't don't bring you uh, closer uh, close enough to it. I'll give you like one uh, one example. Uh, GPS, uh, for example, has a plus or minus uh, ten meter um, uh, error range. Okay, right. um, in that range, you can have more than a hundred tombs. So wow. How, how do you know where, yeah. where, where you're supposed to, supposed to be? Um, so when I thought about the idea of how, how this might actually translate into, into a tour, um, the voice map people had approached me, and, and this seemed to be like a, a perfect sort of, um, uh, you can say like an ancillary product, or, or you can say it, it'd be like maybe the, the core product, uh, mm -hmm. in fact, of the, of the, um, of the experience, um, which is it's not just a, a map. Um, that uh, that you have where you're like looking at the map and then looking up and looking at the map and looking up and trying to figure out uh, where you are. It's essentially you arrive at the starting point and then you just put the phone in your pocket and okay. either through signals um, through, you know, the GPS saying you're on the right track, you're, you're not on the right track or the signals from the, the audio guide, the, the person who's guiding you through uh, the space. Um, you can tell you're in the right spot don't look at this one. Look at this one. It has it has this form. It's next to to this tree. Walk, right. you know, how many how many paces and stuff like that. And you're exactly in the spot that you're uh, that you're supposed to be. And once you're in the spot, then you can hear the story of the of the life of, of the the person uh, there. And within the, you know, within the book, it's kind of like a you know funny little photo and a funny little caption. But you're right. not getting the, the essence of uh, the, the full life of, of the person. Whereas in the audio tour, it's much more expansive. You know, it's like we're spending two or three minutes um, talking about uh, this person, which ends up being, you know, between, let's say, 300, 400 words uh, hmm. that, uh, that would be um, uh, expressed about, about this person, uh, which, is, uh, which is kind of interesting. But it's also a, a really um, interesting challenge. If I'm to you know, rewind back to, to my days, because uh, I, I was a journalism major in, uh, in school. Okay. And uh, what a lot of, uh, you know, rookie uh, journalists uh, get is uh, they get the obituary column. It's like, oh, great, I got the obituary column. You know, I, yeah. I wanted to, you know, do these uh, interesting events, or, or I want to, you know, go uh, see sports, or I want to, you know, go do something else. No, no, you, you're doing the obituaries. But that's such a formative uh, experience, because... Yeah. To wrap somebody's entire life up in 300 words is an incredibly difficult exercise. Yeah. Uh, so you need to either choose an angle or you need to um, figure out uh, some way of, uh, of expressing that where it's sort of like true to the person or true to the experience uh, without bogging down in details or sounding like Wikipedia. You know, you, you need right. to really, um, uh, you know, choose something which, uh, which can be, um, you know, very unique and it's it's also an exercise if you do it well you can put a lot of your own personality uh, into it yeah that's a perspective i never considered actually um, <laughs> that's pretty cool it's one of those things every now and then someone says something uh, about something like that and suddenly after a lifelong career in media i'm like well i i wouldn't mind you know going on board and writing obituaries i, yeah. I, I should try that <laughs> 
<laughs> well, uh, you see all these, uh, you know, Facebook groups and stuff like that. Yeah, you know, it's like yeah. here, here, writing prompt, and uh, yeah. yeah, you can you can kind of riff on on, a, on that writing prompt. But when you really have, okay, no, you you've got this window here. You got a you got five hundred words you have to put in it. It has to be complete, and you cannot uh, go over the five hundred words. Go. Yeah. 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 A, a lot of us would would really have a a, a tough time uh, doing that. Uh, well. Yeah, man. I I that's I I love exercises like that. I mean, I have a copywriting background and a media background, yeah. so you know, you always have to you have to think in inches. You have to think in you know, <laughs> exactly minuscule little word counts. So yeah, I get it. That, that's a that's a great way to shape yourself as a writer. Um, yeah. that's interesting. So you were in journalism. I'm, I don't mean to sidetrack us, but what, uh, what, who'd you, what journal, what, what journalism outfit did you work with? Uh, well, it was mainly, uh, through like, um, uh, what do you call it? Uh, uh different, uh, local uh, newspapers. Uh, I, okay. I graduated from uh, Cal State Fullerton, uh, which had, you know, I don't know, considered to be a top 10 journalism program for whatever that's worth, um, uh, at the time. Uh, and then uh, got uh, some gigs uh, in, uh, you know, uh, local uh, newspapers and uh, did some freelancing in magazines and, uh, yeah. and such. What I really wanted to do was be a, a sports writer. I thought, gosh, this is, this is fantastic. I want to I I do this. And I was, you know, infatuated with uh, sports and uh, really uh, wanted to make that uh, my career. Uh, but when I saw uh, the folks that were, I mean, I was in my, you know, 20s, like 22 or something like that. And I saw guys in their early 30s. Um, doing that, and they still didn't have the beat uh, that they wanted. They still didn't have their own column, uh, yeah. and they couldn't necessarily uh, make their own decisions about uh, their um, uh, their writing and such. Uh, so it it seemed to me, you know, gosh, do I want to spend ten years before I get uh, the chance to write the stuff that I really want? Uh, but that's that's what you got to do, uh, and uh, it's it's a, a great formative experience if uh, if you if you want to do that. Personally, I saw that, and I you know, ran kicking and screaming to something else uh, where I could make a little bit more money, uh, the, the marketing and, um, and advertising side. Yeah. Is that what you do now? Is that your day job yeah. now? Yeah. yeah. We always end up in marketing. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Wait, which, which is kind of like, uh, um, you know, you'd, you'd think that, uh, uh, that I would, I would know these things, but marketing is, is so vast and, uh, and it's constantly changing. So yeah. even you know, somebody like me that's uh, worked, uh, you know, you know, more, you know, uh, half my life uh, in either yeah. marketing or, or advertising, I still need to figure out uh, how to um, best, uh, you know, market my book and my uh, my creative uh, endeavors. It's uh, yeah. it's it's a full time job, and uh, yeah, anybody yeah. that uh, um, that sort of chides themselves, oh gosh, I'm not selling enough, or I'm not uh, making uh, enough, or I'm doing this and I'm not getting the results, or I'm paying this much, and uh, you know, you know, don't don't uh, you know get get on yourself. This is hard for everybody. Oh well, yeah, no, it's, it's very difficult. That's why there's so many, there are so many programs and podcasts and books. I mean, you know, that cover just, yeah. just that sub segment of marketing for authors. Like there's yeah. so much material and it's overwhelming to some folks. Um, you know, yeah, that's a tough, it's a tough chore, man. I think yeah. I, I was, I was calling out cause you know, it's like we always say, you know, I was in media and everything, journalism. Yeah. And I started my career in journalism and uh, you know, you, we have these like Woodward and Bernstein dreams and we end up with, a, <laughs> of course with like break that big it, story. <laughs> yeah. And then you go into marketing and advertising. Everyone's like Don Draper and it's nothing like that. Uh, <laughs> I, no. I, I don't even know if I could survive a Don Draper uh, lifestyle, honestly. No, um, apparently the, the good old days uh, were, were before uh, we, we got uh, you know, into it, you know, 
Yeah, no joke, man. Because I'm like, I, I actually uh, was a full-time copywriter with some ad agencies when uh, Mad Men came out. Uh-huh. And I remember looking at it and thinking, my, I'm a copywriter. My copywriting career is nothing at all like John Draper's career. Like, I get no say. I don't get to take any lunches. I don't get any of this. Uh, no, no, none of it. So, <laughs> so jumping back in, because I, I, I wanted to circle back around, because um, you actually have a link, and I want to share it with the audience. But the, the sure. voice map uh, thing was, is that, does that help you with marketing your work at all? Uh, yeah, it does. Uh, what, what I'm doing is, uh, well, you know, just take a step back. I haven't done what you're essentially sp- supposed to do. And, uh, you know, I think uh, your, your example is, uh, is, is, is telling as well. Um, I haven't, uh, you know, started a, a series, you know, where I have book one, book two, book three, and such like that. Uh-huh. I just kind of followed my, my idea, my initial idea, which was just like a, um, a one and done idea for a French license, you know, which covers 10 years of my experience as an expat uh, here in, uh, in France. Yeah. Um, so I wasn't going to do, you know, French license too for like the next 10 years. I mean, who knows where I'm going to be, you know, in, in the next, uh, um, next uh, uh, version. So I, I jumped from that to Chairfather, which is uh, more sort of like a, a tour and a kind of a humorous, uh, like photo book kind of thing. Um, the the audience uh, for book number one isn't necessarily going to be the audience uh, for for number two, so I'm not really building on on my audience and, and, and such like that. So um, the idea um, with the, the voice map tours is that per- perhaps uh, this is something that could you know sort of cross pollinate. Uh, somebody picks up my book and they says, "Oh, there's a tour," you know, and then they they pick up uh, the the tour. Somebody listens to the tour and say, "Hey, there's a there's a companion uh, photo book uh, that uh, that goes uh, with this. You may want to to pick that up." And then while you're at it, you know, if you think uh, that this is uh, entertaining, why don't you look at uh, you know book one, which you know may or may not uh, appeal to to them. So I'm I'm trying to to build that uh, um, sort of you know, cross pollination and, and and such like that. And and you can do different things like you know like I'm going to do now, uh, which is uh, give away um, the first uh, tour uh, for free. So um, j- to explain about uh, the Chairfather, there's about 50 different personalities uh, that uh, we visit in-, in the Chairfather, but that's way too much uh, for uh, for an audio tour. So it's about 15 uh, for each audio tour. So I've got audio tour number one uh, up, uh, which is uh, covering uh, 15 uh, personalities. And then I'm just completing uh, audio tour number two, uh, which I'm hoping to release uh, later this month. Uh, and then audio three, which I'm hoping to release uh, next month, uh, covering another uh, 13, uh, uh, 15 personalities. So this would give uh, somebody, if, if they wanted to do like all three tours, um, a, a really, really good uh, view of, of all the different uh, personalities that they can see in um, uh, in the Père Lachaise uh, Cemetery. Um, so um, if that appeals to uh, uh, the folks that are, that are listening and watching right now, uh, we can uh, you know tell them about um, an offer that uh, voice map uh, will give you um, so that if, if you're not already uh, if you haven't already downloaded the, the app uh, you can download the app and get your first tour for free they have tours from 100 different destinations all over the world so even if you're not coming to Paris um, uh, you can get one uh, which is probably close uh, to you or close to where you might be vacationing uh, next uh, and certainly if you if you do come to Paris you can use the um, the code uh, to get a, a free tour, uh, one of my free tours. That's awesome. Yeah, let's let's do it. I'll, I'm going to put this in the show notes, everybody. Uh, so don't worry about writing it down if you're driving or something like that. But uh, read it out for us, Joe, and I'll put it in the uh, 
Sean. Okay. Um, for those uh, who are not behind the wheel, uh, go to voicemap.me uh, forward slash share forward slash J start. That's J S T A R T. There you and, go. Uh, so just tell them Joe sent you and you'll get your uh, first uh, voice map uh, tour for free. Joe sent you. <laughs> <laughs> These are cool. I'm going to have to check it out because I'm having a tough time really uh, envisioning what, what it's like. Um, but it sounds very cool. I, it yeah. sounds uh, I, in my head, it's an NPR style kind of thing. So I, I, it's probably far from that, but I want to check it out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's really a fun, uh, I think for, um, for any of your nonfiction uh, listeners, um, this may be uh, like an addition that, uh, that could be, you know, something you may uh, consider uh, for, for your book. Uh, let's say, uh, I mean, I know, uh, uh, Kevin, you're, you're really into um, uh, archaeology and history and, and such like that. Uh, imagine, you know, a visit uh, of a site or a place uh, where, where some historical event uh, happened. Uh, and, you know, you're kind of, you know, taking people through that. It may just be an open field, and I've I've gone on tours like that where just just having the audio in your in your ear, you're looking at uh, just grass, but it's it's the story which is being told to you why you're in that place and right. the feeling because you you know that events happened right where you are, um, even though the the scenery may not uh, be uh, you know uh, amazing, um, the experience is, and it's yeah. uh, it's really something to uh, uh, to check out. Okay, so something just clicked with me on this. So I think I, I have a, a mental bead on what this is now because I yeah. I've done this before. I've taken one of these tours, not yeah. th not this specifically, but they're here in the area I live in. They they had someone go through and do some some tour like this for yeah. some of the monuments and things that are around the area. So you can go yeah. and dial. It's like those when you go into museums and they give you a headset and you can listen to a audio tour of the museum. Is it kind of exactly. the lines? Yeah. yeah, it's all along those lines, and you're going through, and you're seeing from uh, from th uh, thing to thing, and then uh, you're being uh, told maybe um, a story or, or a bit more information about it, and, yeah. and it, it it does move pretty quickly like that. I mean, you, you, I mean, like I said, two or three minutes. Sometimes you're spending, uh, you know, a minute and a half. You know, if yeah. if, if that's that's all that you, you have to say, and really. Um, you know, spending four minutes, you know, standing in one place it is really a long time, you know, so the uh, one good thing about voice map is they have a, an editor that works with you sort of automatically. So oh, okay. they know these things and they know that, you know, maybe you want to get the person moving while you're speaking about uh, the um, event. And so there's, there's no sort of downtime between one site and, and the next site. Yeah. Um, that's cool, man. Really good, uh, <laughs> really good uh, advice uh, that uh, I think uh, helps uh, make the, the tour uh, better. And plus it's, uh, you know, it's pre-recorded audio, so you can, you can have mm -hmm. fun with it. You know? Yeah, no, I, I, no, this is very cool. I, 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 I can see this. This yeah. is something I think is kind <laughs> I of. Guess, I think uh, we're we're gonna see a tour from uh, uh from you probably soon. Probably, <laughs> uh, and I'm thinking in terms of like you know we we've talked about this for nonfiction, but I think fiction, if depending on your setting, um, mm -hmm. you could do this. It would be a lot of fun. I'm already thinking of in terms like I could go to some of the places I've researched for my books. Yeah, uh, and and tour them. And use this basically like bonus material for my books. Like I sure. could see doing something like that. Uh, very cool. Or just using it for research purposes. I go and I do a, a video or an audio tour so that I can have that for my own research for for the books. So yeah, yeah absolutely. A hundred ways to use this. <laughs>
Uh, there's two, everyone. <laughs> everyone else has got to come up with your own. Uh, 90 right. years ago. So, <laughs> all right, man. Hey, well, look, um, this has been cool. I, uh, first, I appreciate you being on the show, man. I, I, uh, and I don't think I actually, sure. I realize now that I did not tell anyone what your name was to start. All I said was Joe. This is Joe Start. He's in Paris. Yeah. <laughs> he is a nonfiction author, uh, author of The Chair Father, which uh, sounds like a hilarious book. Is it available in ebook or is it print only? Uh, it's available in ebook uh, as well um, on a number of, uh, of platforms. Uh, so, you know, you can probably check on it on your, on your regular platform where you, where you get uh, your, your ebooks and, uh, and find it there. Excellent, man. All right. Well, great. We're going to check that out. Uh, everyone listening, of course, you'll find links to this in the show notes of the episode. So uh, go when you're not driving, of course, uh, <laughs> go check that out. Some of you are watching this on YouTube. Hi. And uh, yeah, you'll find in the show notes of this episode, everything you need to know about Joe Start and the uh, links, all his stuff. So check that out. And I'll have the link to voicemap.me slash share slash jstart. That's the one that'll get you the free audio tour. Uh, man, Joe, this has been a cool interview, man. I appreciate you taking the time to chat with me. Great. Thank you, uh, Kevin. And uh, right. you know, pleasure being here. Thanks, man. All right. Everybody in uh, the sound, within the sound of my voice, uh, you're probably hearing the groovy theme music right now. Uh, you may dance in place at will. We're going to hop on over and get you some industry news. Uh, but otherwise, you know, you want to stick around for that. And otherwise, I will see you all next time. Your book, the way it was meant to be heard. With a fully custom soundtrack based on your material. An album of music that perfectly fits your characters, your settings. Hear your book today. SonataInscribe.com Hey, thank you for sticking around to the other side of the uh, interview. I appreciate you being here. And uh, I hope you got a lot out of that chat with Joe. Um, some of the stuff he's doing, it's just really fascinating. The, the, uh, the idea of those audio tours, uh, kind of going out and exploring the world around you and recording that in, in one way or another. You could do this. There's, there's an opportunity here, I think, for, <laughs> for authors on a couple of levels. And I, I'm really intrigued by it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kind of, let's explore this. All right. So one of the things I kind of dig, right now, we always have these devices on us that allow us to, uh, to do practically anything we want. We can record audio and video uh, everywhere we, we go with our um, smartphones, right? Um, you can buy devices to do this sort of thing. Uh, but I kind of like having that smartphone with me all the time anyway. Uh, it's just an always-on sort of thing. I think where this could be really helpful for authors. <clears throat> if we start looking around us and finding the stories around us and then recording that in audio or video, um, record our thoughts about it, maybe catch an interview with someone, uh, catch some photos, some, uh, some video of something happening. Uh, you've got now a resource that you can use for your marketing, which is uh, something I know a lot of authors don't like to think about, <laughs> but it's very important. You can use this stuff as, as content and resources for your, um, for your stories as well, especially if you're, if you're nonfiction, you can use this to explore the, uh, the, uh, the things that you write about, uh, on a nonfiction level. Uh, for example, you go to conferences on a particular topic and kind of find the story there. You can find experts that you can interview on the spot, uh, ask questions to help you beef up the uh, nonfiction titles. But you can do this for fiction as well. Um, 
I've been sharing lately in my uh, newsletter, my email newsletter, uh, these tidbits of history that I uncover as I do my research for my books. Um, it's been very interesting to see how people react to this stuff. Uh, first of all, everyone loves it. <laughs> and they're long. These are long emails. I write these sort of plain text emails these days. No real polish to uh, to the thing. No, no like fancy buttons or fancy graphics. Uh, I sometimes include a, a book cover or something like that. What I tend to do is uh, I do sort of promote the the latest book. Um, I was promoting my pre-order for Stepping Maze, which, by the way, released today. It, today is the day, January 25th. Uh, did very well. <laughs> very impressed with how that went. Uh, if you want to check that out, go to uh, bookstoread.com slash steppingmaze, and uh, you'll be able to see that on Amazon. It's doing very well. Um, <clears throat> so... I um, I've been sharing these tidbits of research. I'm pulling together a little side project that this this stuff is actually going to go into. I like doing things that do double duty or triple duty or quadruple duty, and uh, that's definitely what's happening here. So let me back up and kind of work through this. <laughs> so bear with me. So here's here's what I'm doing. I'm writing emails to my mailing list who I, are already somewhat vetted. You know, they're they're there for my work. Uh, I know what kind of stories they're looking for because they buy my books. So I've, I'm sharing bits of historic information that I, that I uncover as I do research for these books. And I write it as a sort of essay style, a blog post kind of thing. And I share it with that audience. And I get feedback. I get tons of feedback. Uh, people really appreciate this stuff. So now I'm engaging my readership with content that I know they like, which keeps them happy and keeps them on the list. And a lot of those folks are telling me they're sharing that stuff with family members and friends, which I actually ask them to do from time to time. But some of them do that unbidden. And uh, that means that they're helping me grow that list. And the content that they're using to help me grow that list helps to vet that audience. So you see where I'm going here? This is me creating content for a specific audience, my audience, my ideal readers. Those ideal readers go out and find other ideal readers on my behalf, share that content, and then that's the social proof those readers need to come and join my list. So I'm refining that process a little. I just wrote a, an original short story uh, called The Janai Sigil, and that is, I built a cover for it and everything. It's, uh, it looks, it's branded exactly like the novels. And I have that available now on my website at kevintumlinson.com. You can go over there, click the, uh, there's, I've created a little ad graphic that invites people to get on the list, offers that short story for free, and people sign up and they get that story. Uh, so I, and you know, I use BookFunnel. Thank you, Damon Courtney. Uh, I use BookFunnel to uh, help me gather that list, grow that list. And to vet, they, he does the whole do, double opt-in thing. So everything's compliant. Everything works out really well for me. So, <clears throat> so that's how I'm uh, starting to kind of funnel some of that. That content that I write, though, like I said, I like to do triple duty, quadruple duty. Um, so not only does it serve the list, but I'm going to take that and I'm recording. Uh, I'm going to read and record those little blurbs. For a podcast I'm, I'm building called The Written World. Uh, that's still kind of in progress. Um, 
you know, time permitting, I'm going to get these things knocked out. My goal is to have that sometime this year. <laughs> but that's a reader-facing podcast. And at the end of it, I invite people to come to my website, check out my books, join my mailing list. So it is meant to help with discoverability. Uh, it's meant to help with building my list. Um, the uh, so much, so much. I could just fire hose you with things that are happening right now and things that I've discovered and things that I'm trying. But try to keep this focused on this idea of finding the story around you. So, <clears throat> so that's part of finding the story around me. And my recording of that is uh, writing that essay blog post. Eventually, that will be literally recorded as an audio. Uh, file for a podcast, and then I'll already have the transcript of that podcast uh, that I can include as a blog post. So now there's two more avenues of discoverability. SEO kicks in at that point. <laughs> People searching for certain keywords, they'll find those blog posts. And I, I have a strategy around this, uh, which I'll share in a future episode. So uh, I'm, I'm, I'm doing this as I go. Now, the audio tours and uh, grabbing footage of things and interviews of people as you're out in the world around you, here's where I think this could uh, fold in. So um, I'm a big fan of content marketing. There are lots of ways to do marketing. You get plenty of advice about how to manage ads on Facebook and and uh, Amazon, uh, you know, uh, these campaigns that you can do. It's all about numbers. It's all about data. Uh, there's plenty of advice out there about that. What I was always looking for and never got was how could I leverage content to help me market my work? So that's one of the things that I've decided I'm going to focus on to help uh, help you folks, right? the people listening and watching this podcast. Um, the way I'm approaching this is, you know, I'm already a content creator and you are too. If you're writing books and blog posts and creating videos, I mean, that's all content. So what you have to do is get uh, focused on, you know, how you use that stuff. you got to be strategic about how you use that content. And I like the multi-purpose idea. Uh, so as I'm going along in the world and I'm, I'm, you know, maybe I encounter a bit of history while I'm traveling and I travel quite a bit. Uh, even if you don't travel much yourself, even if all you do is get out locally, Start looking for little stories in your local area that you can start turning into content for your audience. I love the idea of sharing this stuff with your mailing list uh, because it's, it's interaction, it's engagement. Um, so the strategy I would recommend, the strategy I'm putting to work is everything gets shared to the list first. The great thing about this content, though, is that you own it and you can use it any way you like, any time you like. So I gather, I collect, rather, all this content, um, and I use Trello. <laughs> so what I've got is a board in Trello with a bunch of, you know, I've got a board, and it's got, it's, uh, I think, I'm trying to re remember the hierarchy of Trello. So there's a board, there's your team, there's a board on that team, uh, within that board are sheets, <laughs> and each sheet has um, cards. So I have uh, cards, I have a sheet with a bunch of cards that are little tidbits of history that I discover in my research, uh, but I also have one that is, every time I write one of these little essays for my mail mailing list, I include it in there. So th that way I can uh, leverage that 
later. I can read it for a podcast. I can use it as a blog post. Uh, I can pick, you know, facts out of each card and uh, pull, you know, put them together and synthesize a uh, an article for a publication. Uh, or I can leverage it to write a short story. So uh, there's a lot there. Uh, <laughs> so the way this uh, the way this sort of works for me, what the strategy I'm using is uh, I hit the list first, and then after a time, I take that content and I produce something else that's that's outward facing, um, that's meant to you know garner the attention of uh, potential readers. Now you, now you can start using I'm going I am already leveraging you know Facebook ads, for example, to spread that content wide. I also leverage services like Medium. Uh, Medium is an interesting sort of blogging platform. What I like about it versus a personal blog, uh, I think you should have both. And I think you should put your content on your personal blog first. On Medium, they have a tool that will allow you to take the URL from your blog, your blog post, and drop it in, and it will automatically scrape the content from your, your post and create a Medium story for you. Uh, now, I recommend going through that and uh, doing some uh, tweaking and editing, making sure that photos show up and that they're in the right place and, you know, that sort of thing. And maybe you can do things like add quotes from the article. It's a very clean system. I really, I really like Medium. So um, that content will go there. So if you're paying attention to my strategy so far, Let's just use this whole written world podcast, which doesn't yet exist, but will. <laughs> but let's just let's just walk through it a little. I do research for a book. I write the book. I publish the book. In emails to my list, I have tidbits of, of research that maybe I didn't use in the book. Maybe didn't have a place in the book. Or it was used in the book, and uh, I want to share it. So I write a short essay uh, I call it an essay. Let's just call it a blog post. I write a blog post, but instead of posting it on the blog right away, I post its contents into um, an email. And I send that email to my list. I like to engage my list about once a week. That's me. Maybe yours is once a month. Um, the feedback I get can actually help me refine the story that I've told. I've already decided with the last email I sent, I know that there's some information I'm going to include when I go live with that. <laughs> and by live, I mean public, beyond the list. Uh, I know that there's some things I'm going to add to it because there were questions. There were people asking about, you know, sort of the outcome of things. <clears throat> so I'll that list now has helped me refine that story. And then um, now that I have that content, late at a later date, a future date, I will um, create a blog post and a podcast episode and tie those two things together. The podcast can have its own audience. The blog can have its own audience. And I put it out there and make that live. Then I take the link for that blog post and I go to Medium. I drop that in. I let it import everything. And I have a blurb pointing people back to the website, telling people how to get on my mailing list. You know all all the crucial uh, call to action stuff. I put that in the in each article, um, and then that goes live on Medium. And then I get you know feedback from that. I get uh, people highlight things, people comment, people share. Um, I will encourage people to share. 
So now I've got all that content, and then I also roll that back around and send it back to my list. Because <laughs> now they can participate in the podcast. And I ask them to share the blog post, share the podcast, subscribe to the podcast. Uh, it'll be um, my plan right now is to have this podcast available in audio and video. So, uh, so really I'm creating three channels for this one article. Four if you count the email list. Five if you count Medium as a separate channel. You see what I'm saying here? <laughs> one piece of content and it goes in five directions and can pull in a vetted audience. Vetted meaning they are interested in the stuff I write about. If they're interested in the nonfiction portion of what I write about, the research that goes into the books, there is a better chance that they'll like the fiction portion of it as well. If they don't, they might still get on the mailing list and might still support me and spread the word about my work. So this one piece of content gets you gets me uh, multiple uh, assets and resources. So that's the idea. Um, this is not a new idea. I actually had this idea myself uh, decades ago. <laughs> but I tried to, as I often do, I tried to go too big with it, uh, too ambitious with it, too fast. Um, I could have started much simpler and gotten much further ahead. This is not something that's difficult for you to do. Um, there's no real cost. Uh, depending on how you do your mailing list, it could cost you in, uh, you know, subscribers. You know, cost you money to uh, to build your mailing list on Mailchimp or elsewhere. You know that that could be a concern and a challenge. Uh, but you know, you got to invest something in your business. That's what this is. This is a business. So uh, there are, but the but Medium is free. You can get free blogging platforms. If you don't have a website, uh, you should. And uh, you, there are f ways to get free websites. WordPress is one. Um, Squarespace, however, is my my <laughs> web host of choice. I pay like 20 bucks a month for um, hosting. And Squarespace has a ton of features built in that are easy for you to 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 uh, integrate into your site. There's no plugins to have to download and figure out. They're very secure. Uh, they're built on Amazon's web service platform, so it's very stable. Um, so that's my recommendation, but do what you gotta do. Uh, there's Wix, there's uh, WordPress, there's uh, Blogger. There's a ton of ways out there to build your website for free if you have to. Uh, I do recommend kind of popping a little and uh, upgrading, but you can use what I call the MVP um, uh, process, the, the minimal viable product. Do what you got to do to build what you need now at whatever price point you can afford, <laughs> whatever overhead you can manage, and then over time, constantly look for ways to upgrade and move on to something a little better. That's That works very well, and uh, it's a good, good way to... Uh, it's a good uh, philosophy to adopt for your life. Um, so that's that's pretty much, that's the nutshell of the whole thing. It's content marketing for me, uh, and there's a lot of ways to look at content marketing, but for me, it's the, it's the best platform for authors, especially new authors and will-be authors, to, uh, to sort of build and grow. Uh, it is sort of a long game in, in a sense, because when you hear people talk about building a platform, there's a lot of ways to look at platforms as well. 
the way I consider I consider a platform is uh, any anyone you're able to reach directly. <laughs> That's your platform. In other words, uh, everyone who is subscribing to my newsletter, everyone who is uh, subscribing to podcasts and blogs, anyone who is following me on social media, um, if I can talk to you directly, you're part of my platform, and that includes your physical relationships too. So when you when you're out and about and you meet people in coffee shops and you go to uh, bookstores and you are uh, you happen to mention that you're an author, maybe you have one of my T-shirts that says, you know, I'm an author. <laughs> Great conversation starter. Um, this is a way for you to uh, engage pub- the public directly, and therefore it's part of your platform. There's there are other definitions of platform, but this is the way I I think of it because this helps me uh, be more focused and direct directed in how I approach these people. Um, you want a well vetted platform. So you want people who are interested in the kind of thing you're willing to produce, uh, people who are going to support you when you, uh, do produce this content. And, uh, you know, I, uh, it's <laughs> ultimately it's all about how do you reach the right reader, the ideal reader for your work? Think of how to do that. Think of ways to do that. So that's what I'm doing. I'm thinking of ways to do that for my own work. And uh, I think these ways are going to be useful for you. Um, and I don't, I don't think that it's a problem to invest time and money in learning how to do things like Facebook ads or whatever. I think that that's a good investment for, for anyone who is interested in upping their game. Um, what I've been doing is kind of dialing back on that stuff to, to refine what I think of as the, the uh, foundation of my marketing strategy for my work. Um, I almost hate calling it a marketing strategy. There's a sort of connotation to that, um, that, that fills me with a tiny bit of dread. Um, but it's, you know, a lot of people obsess over the numbers. They obsess over the data. I think that, that, uh, as, um, Brian Meeks, uh, put it, you know, if you want to hit the next level, it's all about data. I, I do agree with that. Once you get to a certain certain level, a certain stability in what you're producing and how you're working uh, and in the income you're making. If you want to carry it further, that's the tool. I think that's at least one of the tools. Uh, that said, there are plenty of authors out there who, um, who reach a bigger, broader, wider audience and they don't know anything about data. So really it's there are multiple paths up this mountain <laughs> and my path by uh, by choice is generally going to be content um you should also do things that are manageable time wise for you stress wise for you if you are hold on i'm gonna let me hit my cough button had a little hitch in my throat there mmm delicious water um so, uh, you have to do the things that are, that are going to be sustainable for you. Um, if video is something that you find fun and find, uh, that you could do, you know, you don't mind spending the time on it and you're good at it, then video can be a great content tool for you. If video fills you with dread and makes you 
stress out. And if you can't think of a way to, to do this and it's just in, with some sustainability, um, then don't do video. If audio works great for you, which for me, for a very long time, audio was pretty much it. I, I Video is relatively new in my game. Uh, even though I worked in film and TV and did video production for a while, um, I was actually, that's one of the reasons why I didn't integrate video right away. Because in my head, video is time consuming. And it is. You know, if you're going to do, depending on what you're going to do, video can take up a lot of time, soak up a lot of your energy, a lot of your resources, and the uh, the benefit of it isn't always um, worth it. However, <laughs> so there are uh, there are ways to do this. If you have if you're in this sort of MVP uh, philosophy thought process, you know what is the minimal viable product when it comes to video? I get people. I've had people. I still to this day get tons of people who give me advice, unsolicited advice, usually um, about how I should run my YouTube channel. I think they're all brilliant. I, th I, I think they're all wise. I am heeding their, their advice as much as I possibly can. But I, my approach is always going to be what's the minimal viable product I, I can create to, uh, to get this, to make sure I'm on track. And if I can upgrade later, I will. My, my whole method is to dive in and do things um, that I know are sustainable, work out the process of that, refine that to make it much simpler and much easier, templatize things as much as possible. Um, and, uh, you know, wiggle the format until it, until it works for me and produces something I'm, I'm, uh, happy enough to put out in front of the public. <clears throat> so video has been the same way. Video for the Wordslinger podcast, for example, has been like that. I, I, um, I've refined the, the show. If you've been listening and or watching for a while now, you, you get that I've changed formats a couple of times, subtly. I've, I've made subtle changes to the format. Um, I used to have a news segment. I've dropped that. I may bring it back at some point in the future, but I have to find the process that makes that sustainable for me. For the way it was happening before, it wasn't sustainable. <laughs> so, um, But I've got some thoughts on how that could be, and I may uh, start producing another news segment later. So, but that's how this goes. I'm, I'm producing content in a way that is, um, you know, comfortable for me, uh, that it, that I can keep up with, uh, and that still provides value for the audience. In this case, you guys, um, you know, as far as equipment and that sort of thing, I w I've been very blessed because I, first of all, I'm, I love gadgets. Uh, so I've got plenty of gear, most of it left over from my TV and, uh, film days, uh, that works perfect for this stuff, and I buy little things here and there to, to upgrade. Um, I make it work. So I think that's the key is you need to assess what you have, and you can make it work. I could do this podcast with nothing but an iPhone. It wouldn't have – some of the quality might suffer a little, uh, <clears throat> but maybe not. Maybe it would be uh, perfect. I mean, people do this kind of thing all the time, I, but I could. I could do it with an iPhone alone, um, and uh, – and I mean soup to nuts, man. I could even produce the show that way if I really wanted to. But I've got another method. and I've got other resources. Uh, and there's plenty of you know free software out there. I'm using, um, I'm using a piece of software called OBS to record uh, my portion of these episodes. I use um, zoom.us to record the interviews. You can do that for free. Um, 
although I pay for a, a pro account, but that was the MVP, right? I started with free until I learned how that software worked, saw that there were some features that I could get a lot of benefit out of if I upgraded, and then I upgraded. And that's the way it should work for everything you do. Uh, I think, I don't want to get too far off in the weeds on this, but I, I hope that what you're taking out of this is a strategy that you could use in your own marketing for your own books um, to, to help promote uh, what you're doing to the right audience, uh, but in a sustainable way, in a way that isn't going to stress you out and isn't going to, um, you know, <laughs> cause you to cause you to give up, hunker uh, <laughs> down in a corner and cry or whatever, which is which I've done. <laughs> so, anyway, um, I'll explore this more in future episodes. But I wanted to kind of outline this, give you a, give you a framework for this. Um, the strategy I'm using with uh, Written World, it's a very reader facing strategy. I don't have a reader facing uh, content presence right now which is unfortunate, other than the content I give to my mailing list um, and my books, of course, but that's changing. Uh, 2019 is all about that sort of shift in my business um, because I think I do very well with, uh, with how things are now and I'm starting to see that I can uh, improve on that and do even better and uh, we're going we're gonna to explore that together. So <clears throat> that's it. I'm going to wrap this up. Uh, I hope you I hope you enjoyed uh, the chat with Joe, and uh, please go uh, check out his work. His uh, website, uh, Start Going Places, is uh, uh, interesting. You, you know, check that out. He's got that voice map um, channel, which you can find all this in the show notes. Uh, go pick up his book, which you know should be a very interesting read. And uh, other than that, you know. If you're looking for some thrillers to read, <laughs> I hear Kevin Tomlinson has released The Stepping Maze. And uh, if you get on my mailing list at kevintomlinson.com, you can get a free short story called The Janai Sigil, uh, which is uh, uh, so far getting very positive feedback from the, uh, the test audience that I've been using. I'm about to release that, by the way, to my entire list, um, <clears throat> which is another part of my strategy. Um, I can further vet the list we'll say i can uh, all those who who go ahead and sign back up essentially and get to get that short story i know that those folks are truly interested in the fiction you see where i'm going with that <laughs> so anyway uh we're gonna roll on out from here thank you so much for tuning in um i really uh, i enjoy our chats each week uh even though today i forgot it was friday until uh, about an hour ago. <laughs> I had no idea. I was in no way prepared to record this episode <laughs> when I realized it was time. Uh, that's because I'm doing a lot. I'm doing a lot for you. Uh, anyway, thank you so much. Take care of yourselves. I hope you have a fantastic weekend and a fabulous week ahead. God bless each and every one of you, and I'll see you all next time. Hey, thanks for tuning in to the Wordslinger Podcast. Now, you can support this show by visiting wordslingerpodcast.com. That's where you're going to find back episodes, books by me, and links to anything and everything Wordslinger. And be sure to subscribe to this show on iTunes, Stitcher, YouTube, and anywhere else fine podcasts are sold. I'm Kevin Tomlinson. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next time. <laughs>